Three instances from Rebecca. These three instances all happened in the same house. My husband at the time, now ex-husband, worked overnight, which meant that I was alone in the house with our infant daughter from about 9 p.m. until 6 or 7 in the morning. I had gotten used to it after a while, and having a daughter forced me to be a little more brave. Mama bear instinct, I guess. One night after putting our daughter to sleep in her crib, which was in the master bedroom, I lay down to sleep. I had a habit of laying in bed trying to get sleepy and just staring into the darkness. Since this night, almost ten years ago, I've never done that again. As soon as the light goes out, my eyes don't open until the morning. The master bedroom was just off the living room, which was a big open space that included the dining room as well, and I always slept with the door open so that I could hear what was going on in the house. The bedroom, being all the way at the back of the house, made me worried that if someone tried to break in, I wouldn't be able to hear it until it was too late. All of a sudden, the entire living and dining room were illuminated. It was as if someone had flipped the overhead light on in the dining room. That's what the light looked like. There was light for about three seconds, and then it was totally dark again. I was completely frozen with fear. I'm not sure how long it took for me to finally reach over to get my phone and call my husband. I told him what had happened, and he told me I had to get up and check the house. I don't know how I made myself do it. Must have been that mama bear instinct again. But I got up and turned on all the lights and checked the entire house. Every closet, under every bed, behind every shower curtain. There was no one else there. Just me and my baby girl. I eventually ended up calling my big brother and made him come over and sleep on the couch. I still don't know how to explain what happened. There was a big window in the dining room and our neighbors had a motion-sensitive light on the corner of their house. But I knew what that light looked like switching on and off. And the light was way too bright to have been coming through the closed blinds. It was definitely from inside the house. As far as I know, that never happened again. But, like I said, I kept my eyes closed after lights out after that night. This next one is quick. One night I woke up from a dead sleep because I felt someone honk my nose. You know when you just grab someone's nose like in a playful gesture? It was the weirdest feeling. Someone grabbed my nose and just as quickly let go. I didn't remember until years later that one of my best friends who had passed years before used to do that to me. I like to think it was him. This last one of mine is actually a dream, and the scariest one I can ever remember having. This night before bed, my then-husband and I had been sitting on the couch watching TV. I eventually decided to turn in and left my husband sitting there as he wasn't tired yet. Not long after I fell asleep, I dreamed that I'd woken up in my bed. In the dream, I could hear the television on in the living room, and I knew my husband was sitting watching TV. So I got out of bed and walked into the living room, where I saw my husband sitting right where I left him. When you walked out of the bedroom into the living room, you would see the back of the couch and the back of whoever was sitting on it, facing away from you. So, sitting right next to my husband on the couch was me, right where I'd been before I went to bed. This freaked me out so much in the dream that it woke me up. So I woke up, walked out of the bedroom where again I could see myself sitting next to my husband on the couch. I got a few steps closer this time before I woke up again. I woke up inside my dream three or four times, and each time I would get closer and closer, almost able to see my face. The final time before I woke up in real life, I was able to get close enough to see the front of myself. When I did, I could see my face, and it was so distorted and scary looking, like very stretched out and in agony. So terrifying that it finally woke me up for real. 
You can't imagine how scared I was to walk out of the bedroom and not know if I was going to be sitting on the couch next to my husband. That was the most real, strangest dream within a dream I've ever had. So I'm just going to jump in. As you know, I don't usually do this with Book of the Dead, but it's actually kind of odd that this has come up now. This is an old email. We got this quite a while ago, but I literally just read an account of this elsewhere. Someone who kept waking up in a dream in bed, getting out of bed, trying to move around, and then waking up again. And uh, I can't think of a worse hell. The other person who, uh, who posted this, it wasn't something that was sent to us, but it was something I found online. He uh, was kind of left with an impaired sense of reality. It, it really messed with him. So anyways, back to the story. This final story didn't happen to me, but to my current wife. There was an apartment she used to live in that she said strange things happened all the time. The thing I'm about to tell you is one of the scariest things I can imagine. So when you walked through the door to her small bedroom, you would basically be standing right beside her bed. And on the other side of her bed was a small space a few feet wide. Just enough space to walk around the bed. She kept a folded quilt on the far side of the bed on the floor. She told me that one night she awoke and opened her eyes, and standing between the bed and the wall in that small space was her quilt, just as if it was draped over someone or something. As most people seem to do in these situations, she rolled over and noped herself right back to sleep. She said it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to her. Apparently, the girl she was dating at the time would experience things all the time. My wife likes to say, that girl had demons. So, maybe she had unknowingly brought something into her apartment. The Ghost of the Barkerville Showers From Ariel My parents split up when we were very young, and we spent weekdays at my mom's, and the weekends, and a good chunk of time in the summer with my dad. Every summer, he would load us into a big blue hippie van, and we'd be off for a good week or two at a time. We always wanted to paint the van to look like the mystery machine, but my dad sadly never let us. We would go to various locations and camp rather than spend money on a hotel, and my dad would teach us survival skills, how to set up tents, or how to start fires with or without lighter fluid. It was fun. One year, my dad took us up to Barkerville, and it was such a fun trip. The whole town is super cool, and we went gold panning and on tours and shopped in the general store and the little Chinatown there. However, one day at the campground was one of the scariest moments of my young life. One afternoon, we paired off to go to the public washrooms to shower. My dad took my brother to the men's side, and I went with my sister. I can't remember how old we were exactly, but I think I was around six, so my sister was about eight, maybe a year older. The showers weren't in stalls in a room, but rather in separate rooms with their own individual doors to enter and exit with big deadbolt locks. We slid the lock shut easily and showered and got dressed up again before gathering everything to leave. My sister reached to slide the lock open. It wouldn't turn. She tried again, jiggling it. It would not budge. I tried too, and we both started to get scared immediately. Panic overtook us quickly, and we started to yell and bang on the thick door while struggling with the lock, trying to get the damn thing open. We were stuck anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes in the small shower room. The lock had slid shut easily, so how had it gotten so stuck? Of course, we weren't thinking about that, only thinking that we had to get out. I don't know how long we screamed and cried and banged on the door terrified before we finally heard a lady yell from the other side of the door telling us she could hear us and we should calm down. She said she wasn't going to leave us and would get us out no matter what. She told us to breathe and try to calm down a little. She told us to try one more time to turn the lock. 
We doubted it would move, but we turned the lock, which slid open fairly easily. We were in shock. We thanked her and sobbed, and she took us back to her campsite, which was right beside the showers. My dad took care of us, but was very surprised that he hadn't heard us screaming, seeing as our campsite was so close. It was one of the reasons he had let us go by ourselves in the first place. We shook for the rest of the night, and I didn't sleep well. But thankfully, nothing else that was bad happened, and we enjoyed the rest of our trip. The Little People, from Ariel. Now, I know you guys have an aversion to talking about the fair folk, but I have to admit it would be cool to have another episode about them. I could be wrong, but I feel as though some of your problems may have stemmed from the fact that you kept referring to them as They famously don't like that. I guess it's kind of like if someone kept referring to the human race as the whiteies. As we all know, not all humans are white, and it would be annoying to you if you were of a different skin tone and were called white constantly. They prefer to be called the fair folk, the fey, or the good neighbors. As you are well aware, it's good to refer to them with respect. Growing up, my mom's side of the family would tell us stories. We never really left out offerings because we didn't want to attract their attention unnecessarily, but my aunt would tell me things like each flower was one of their homes, so I would have to ask for permission before I took one, just in case it was someone's house. Oddly enough, if you do this, some flowers, which are so easy to pick usually, somehow become impossible to pluck, and some who you usually have to cut with scissors come off easily in your hands. I still ask in my mind when I pick a flower sometimes, out of respect. My mother told me if a spot in a forest felt special and magical for no reason, it was because a unicorn had passed by. Some of these things are obviously just stories to entertain an imaginative little girl, but with the little people, I have seen countless evidence to at least keep an open mind. Now, there are little people or spirits that live in the cracks. Some are known as mischievous or helpful spirits in the home, and my mother has always told us they love to play pranks on us. The main thing the little people like to do in my family is to hide things. Everyone's had this happen. You leave something on the counter or the dresser or the table. You go to the other room and all of a sudden, it's gone. You look everywhere for it, but it is just gone. Most people will just shrug and say, okay, well, damn, it's gone. My mother has a different approach. She likes to proclaim loudly to the empty room, okay, little people, that was very funny. I'm happy you were enjoying your joke. But I really need that item, and I would appreciate it if you could please put it back. And then she stops looking for a while. Next time she goes to a spot she's already looked in three or four times, guess what's lying there? Well, whatever she was looking for. This has happened all throughout my life so many times. Things turning up in odd spots that several people have looked in before, confirming that the item wasn't there. I follow this strategy whenever something goes missing, and I think the little people appreciate having people who can take a joke. They seem to work with you and I've had very good karma with missing objects not in the house. I've lost several wallets and always had them returned, including once having it put in the mailbox attached to the front of my house. Once I lost my phone on a very busy bus, getting off before I realized it had fallen out of my pocket. I was lucky enough to catch the bus when it was on its way back, and the expensive phone was sitting against the wall of the bus where I'd sat down. The bus driver was shocked that it hadn't been taken. I don't know if it was the luck or the little people, but I was grateful regardless, because as a millennial, my phone is my life. The latest instance of the little people helping out was on one of my flights this year. I had a woman panicking during deplaning. One of her Bluetooth earbuds had fallen into her seat and was gone. I calmly told her I was happy to help her look, and another flight attendant as well came over to help. We pulled the cushions off the seats, looked in every crack, there aren't many honestly, and all around on the ground in the nearby row of seats. 
Nothing. The lady was freaking out. I tried to keep her calm with my flight attendant, we'll figure it all out vibe. So to make her laugh, I told her about the little people and how they hide stuff. The lady cried out, Please, little people, bring back my earpiece. Just then, a third flight attendant came by and reached down into the seat, where three people had just looked repeatedly. He picked the white earbud off the seat and said, Are you guys looking for this? The lady shrieked. I think it's safe to say she became a believer after that. 